Hello, welcome to the Fantastic Grotto. My name is Rudy. Joining me is my lovely co-host Tasha. Welcome to our cave of wonders as we discuss movies, televisions, thingamabobs, and all things fantastic. Tasha, how are we today? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing today? Good. I'm excited for today's episode. Yes, I know everyone's excited. And if you're not, you're going to pretend to be. Today's episode is our spoiler-filled review of The Little Mermaid live action. And we have a special guest with us today. One of my favorite people on earth. He thinks I'm kidding when I say that, but I'm not. One of the best <laughs> bounders that you'll ever see. The gunkle you wish you had. Okay? It's Craig. Thank wow. You. What yeah. an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> I wish I had like a button to sound off this like round of applause like they do on the radio. Maybe I'll put one in in post. Like I'll put Ooh. the applause in right there. Because we love you, Craig. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Welcome to the grotto. Come in. I'm dancing here if you can't tell. <laughs> Come on into the grotto. Take your shoes off. Don't make a mess. We're so glad you're here. First thing I wanted to ask you, Craig, before we go into our episode is for you to tell us about your screening and tell us how it went. Oh, okay. And like what yeah. you do and the screenings that you throw and things like that. Yeah, so um, I'm in Orlando. And uh, ever since COVID started, or not start, but when COVID was happening and they reopened up the movie theaters, uh, AMC had an option to rent out a theater. So I said, I'm going to do that for the upcoming Marvel movie, which was Black Widow at the time. And ever since then, I have rented out a theater for a majority of all the Marvel movies that have have been released. And then this was the first one I did that was not a Marvel movie. It was just very um, significant to the group of friends I have here in Orlando that are all Disney people. And also to my family, uh, since uh, we watch Little Mermaid constantly in the house. So um, that was great. This is the largest one I've ever done. The largest one I had prior to this was Wakanda Forever. I had about 70 people go to that one. This one I had over 100. Um, it was wild. We um, had at the AMC. We, we, um, it was so big that the manager had to help the concession stand uh, knock out all of our food orders before the movie started. And then he like came to me and he's like, thank you so much. This is like the most money we have like produced since uh, since COVID came back at like at a certain time. So we like broke a record for them. So, Amazing. Um, it was it was yeah. I was very happy about that. I was very happy people <laughs> spent money on food at the movie theater. Um, that's that's not a, a common thing nowadays. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. Everyone was really happy. We gave giveaways. A lounge size provided a bag for us. A few of my friends that are artists. Uh, gifted art pieces to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a lady at a, a MegaCon who had Little Mermaid um, art that I had her commission for me. So I had stickers to give out to kids who didn't win prizes. It was it literally, this was like the biggest screening I ever did with like giveaways and just everything in general. So I barely, um, I'm happy how it all turned out. I'm sad I missed it. That's where I am. I'm in my FOMO right now. What about you, Ruby? <laughs> I saw the videos and the pictures on your social media because it was on Instagram. And first of all, I've always been jealous of all those like premiere, like like um events and premieres that you would do. Because I remember you did one for Eternals too, 
And I remember the Black Widow one in particular because everyone had these very creative like outfits that they mm-hmm. went with. And then with this one, I remember seeing a big picture with like everybody that went. And then, of course, we saw some familiar faces from book club. I'm jealous, but it looked like it was so much fun. And I'm glad that the manager acknowledged you guys and for all like the business that you brought to that movie theater. But let me ask you this. So when you request for a room for a special screening, does that come out of your pocket or is there paperwork that you have to fill out? How does that work? So that's the whole thing. So um, there's, there's twofold. So originally when some movie theaters were still getting back from COVID, you could just go onto the AMC app, book a private screening for a certain amount of people. So say like 40 was the max, they'll put you in a room that fit 90 people. So there's like social distancing. Um, so that was easy. That's one and done. I, those probably cost, I, I, I always pay for these and I charge people to, to come in. And then it also gives them a chance to enter into the, um, to the giveaways. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally, I, the most I paid for one of those would be Black Panther. And that was like $500. Oh. Um, that I paid and then I pretty much got reimbursed with everyone paying for their spot. Now, Little Mermaid. <laughs> That was a little bit different um, because the movie theater I wanted to go to did not have a private screening option. I had to go through like the event team. So um, due to me going to their event team, I had to buy every single seat in the theater that I wanted. And then I wanted, of course, the bigger theater, so I wanted the bigger screen. So I had to, it, if you want to know the number, I can tell you the number. Nope. Uh, don't tell those people they know. Okay. So we get it. I did, I did put money down um, and I did get reimbursed with everyone paying for their thing. But yeah, I do usually put the money down to start and then uh, everyone who comes in pays their, their ticket price and I make it back one day, hopefully soon. Uh, Tasha has been um, seeing that little um, Jimmy Cricket on my shoulder being like, this will happen. Um, but hopefully I will get hosted and I can not have to put money down <laughs> and it's then happen. just throw these things um but that that's 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 the future for me that i can see it's gonna happen i'm not you said you wanted to stop doing them and then too. you literally had the biggest one you've ever had mm-hmm. so it's coming it's on its way you're gonna have it they're gonna see because like you were speaking to what you were saying you're not doing this you're not making any money you're breaking technically breaking even but what you're doing is you're fostering community and you're bringing people together and how could that not be something that people want to come behind and support it's gonna this is big and it's gonna keep being big Craig. <laughs> it's gonna keep That's, getting bigger I, I i can attest to that like um I, when i was like this is the first time i like because i went through the event team i had like a table and a micro i had, all, had a whole setup this time around and um i was out there like checking people in and this lady came up to me She's like, oh, what's this for? And I told her what it was about. She's like, oh, it's awesome. And then when I was leaving, she had a table set up and they had like a whole back, they had a whole setup. And they, um, she's like, she's like, oh, I wanted to, I didn't get to tell you this before the movie, but um, I, she's one of the radio hosts in our local radio stations. And she's oh. like, I, 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 I'm so amazed that you do this for your friends. Um, we did this for like the kids and the community and this Lord. And she's like, she's like, just keep doing what you're doing. And just like keep bringing a, a joy to the world and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, thank you, ma'am. 
It really yeah. is a joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, that's that's my screening. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we appreciate you being here again. I'm gonna probably say it a million one more times because <laughs> <laughs> I really do love Craig so much. Um, and I just appreciate someone who does something for the sake of doing it. You get nothing out of it other than the joy you see in other people's faces. That's amazing. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us, Craig. So let's get to it with Fantastic News. Today on Fantastic News, these are the stories that recently caught our attention. And while promoting the new action comedy series FUBAR, now streaming on Netflix, Arnold Schwarzenegger said recently, quote, the franchise is not done. I'm done. I got the message loud and clear that the world wants to move on with a different theme. When it comes to the Terminator, someone has to come up with a great idea, end quote. Which now leads me to James Cameron. According to Total Film, James Cameron revealed that he's been working on a new script for The Terminator for about three months now, but no mention of a sequel or reboot. And the last time he was involved in a Terminator project was when he produced Terminator Dark Fate back in 2019. Guys, what do we think about this bit of news? Um, I'm not a fan of the Terminator franchise. So I don't <laughs> None <care>. of them. <laughs> Um, I don't like James Cameron. I don't really like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah, I'm so you, cool. <laughs> you don't think Terminator Two is the great one of the greatest sequels of all time? I think Terminator Two 3D: The Attraction at Universal Park is a wonderful <laughs> experience. Not what I asked you. That is not what I asked you. I can't believe you don't love at least the second one. How do you not love it? It's a great movie. That's the best one. It's one of the best sequels of all time. All time. Mm -hmm. Wow, Craig. I'm totally disappointed in you. (laughs) Amazing. I'm so disappointed. I don't care if Arnold does another Terminator. I'm also not sure, and this might sound ageist, if they would be making Terminators that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger's age. If you think about it, like if I'm making a robot, I don't know if I want my robot to look 75. So why would he do another one? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's not, if he was a robot, he wouldn't be aging. And if he shows up in the robot and he's aged, how are they going to explain that to us with storyline? You know, it's kind of like Indiana Jones. At some point you have to hang up the mantle. For me, I'll say this. I did I want a new one? No. Do I need a new one? No. Do I feel better knowing that James Cameron is at least working directly somehow? Yeah, I might give it a chance. Uh, he's busy right now. If I remember correctly, he wrapped filming Avatar 3 now, and I think they're going to start post-production soon. But I trust James when it comes to you know him being directly involved in something because, again, Dark Fate, not my favorite, not my favorite. Well, you seem to trust him. Craig doesn't even like him. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic is one of my faves of all time, so I'm, I'm I'm kind of biased with James just a little bit. Craig, do you like Titanic? <laughs> um, oh my god, Craig! Oh my god! <laughs> uh, that's another. That's a lovey-dovey movie. I'm not a fan of those. Do you just die? Do you like Alien? I, um, I like the newer iterations of Alien that has came out of of late. Like, you... like like the Covenant, I think the Covenant was one. Our Prometheus. Prometheus was, was wonderful. It's not it's not the one that James did though. I know that's right. 
<laughs> okay, here's an easy one. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger one, but it's it's True Lies. Do you, that one seems more up your alley. Oh, that one's so good. Wait, I didn't hear that. Well, which one was it? True Lies. I actually have not seen that. Okay, all right. Next time, that's the one that you watch, and I think that'll probably be the one. <laughs> James Cameron movie that you like, okay? Okay, I'll write that down. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we can move on to the next story, Rudy, since Craig hates everything about this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. While promoting the new film Fast X at the Rome premiere, Ben Diesel teased that there might be a female-led Fast and Furious spinoff. He said he's been developing a new spinoff since 2017, a few of them actually, but now that this current um, version of Fast X and whatever spinoff is supposed to come next, he's going to focus on those. However, don't expect Michelle Rodriguez to lead the charge. She said, quote, you pass the baton on, you take the backseat, you go passenger side. When it comes to the next generation, you have to. It's the only way to let them define the future. End quote. Tasha, we recently talked about this, how we basically expected that there were going to be more. There's no such thing as the end for family. But (laughs) yeah, we saw this coming. If Michelle's not going to lead the female-led one, if it does happen, we don't know yet because there's still no confirmation date on that at all. But if she's not going to lead it, I don't want it, to be honest. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But what do you guys think? I don't think she has to lead it. I just think she needs to be a supporting character. As we all know, there are so many female characters in the Fast universe. So even if they create a new person and like for a spinoff, if it be a TV show or a movie, I feel like it's going to be great. Uh, I think Fast movies are just what you need in a world right now where you just turn off your brain and watch something explode and, and laugh. So yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, <laughs> I'm not a, a Michelle Rodriguez fan. I don't, I'm not a fan of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't care if she's in any movies ever. So, <laughs> but I, I, I don't. I'm like, <laughs> when she's in something, I'm like, I mean, I guess she's here. You know, I don't hate her. I just don't care. Um, I, what's interesting, this story and what we talked about with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Terminator and him saying, I'm not doing anymore. I'm getting old. It feels like she's kind of saying the same thing. Like, I'm older. I'm not doing that anymore. I also don't necessarily know if I need an all-female-led Fast and Furious movie. I don't know if I need any more Fast and Furious movies. But they're going to keep making them. And I'm happy people get jobs. That's where I am. Yeah, they're still working. So, again, it's making them money. They clearly know this. I mean, they even have the Fast and Furious right at Universal Studios. Wait, Craig, you guys have that right at the at your guys' park or not yet? We have it at our park, yeah. Oh, good. See, there you go. That's how you know how big it really is on top of the box office success. Mm, sure. Let's say that. Let's say things. <laughs> let's say all good movies get a ride. Well, we'll see if this movie even happens or not. So we'll keep an eye out for this story. And for our last and final story for fantastic news, recently at the Cannes Film Festival, the cast and creator of the new HBO show The Idol previewed at least twenty-three minutes of their new show. The show is described as a skintastic dark side of showbiz and a sordid male fantasy. The Idol is set to premiere on HBO Max Sunday, June 4th. Craig, have you seen Euphoria? Yes, I have. All right. What are your thoughts on the show? I enjoy Euphoria for what it is. I enjoy seeing Zendaya up on the screen, on on my TV. I don't know what else to say if I should talk about the Idol or not at this point because I have have thoughts on on the show. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't like Sam Levinson. 
in the fact that uh, he's a uh, he reminds me of Brian Singer. Singer, Singer. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, if you know, you know. Yes. If you know, you know. And uh, I feel like this skin, whatever, whatever, however you said it, skinmatic, whatever, whatever the phrasing is. I don't like that. I don't like that phrase, and I don't like. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like it. It it rubs me the wrong way. I love Abel. I want him to do as much as he can do, but I feel like this is not the project for him. Um, so yeah, and then apparently this isn't like the same universe as Euphoria. So it is in like, LA. Yeah, so you might get some like crossover characters in the show, and I don't know. I don't like HBO doesn't need a cinematic universe. Like HBO just needs to do HBO separate things and get over it. But yeah. I'm very curious. I'm, I don't. I don't. I don't think I want to watch it. I don't know. I won't watch it. I find Tasha? most of. I find most of the things that he does are kind of like even fear is a little bit crass, overtly crass for no reason, and especially in you know, like sexual ways. And not that to say things need to be prudish. I just sometimes feel like he goes over the top for the sake of going over the top, and I'm not sure if it ever serves the story. I agree. But somebody will be watching it. It won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch the first episode and see. I am I agree because Euphoria, season one, in my opinion, was good. I strongly believe that shock value does not equal a story. And if you've seen season two, then I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm nervous for the idol because we're following this young pop star who's embracing her sexuality and she's pushing the envelope. But when you have Sam Levinson, creator of the Extreme Euphoria, handling the show and this character, I'm concerned that it's going to be full-on male gaze, you know? Because, again, mm-hmm. if you're having this character already pushing the envelope, I don't know. I'm curious to see, but also nervous. So I think the soundtrack is going to be amazing. No doubt about mm-hmm. that. Uh, the Weeknd is producing the soundtrack, so I'm excited to see. Double Fantasy was released as, like, the lead single. That was good. And also, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was another director helming the show, and most of the show was actually already mostly filmed. Uh, Amy Seiwitz, correct me if I'm wrong, but she was originally the director, but then left the project, and then Sam Levison stepped in, and they started the show completely from scratch and just started over. So what the show was originally supposed to be about, I, I guess we just won't know for some time or just at all, but... I'm hoping they don't make this basically like Euphoria, you know, 2.0, but we'll see. So it's, you know, it's Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Rose Depp, and then also The Weeknd, Abel, he's going to debut his acting because I know Lily has been acting for some time, but this is my introduction to her. And I think a lot of fans are going to be introduced to her as well here. And then, of course, a lot of Abel's fans are going to see the show mainly for him. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, I'm not watching it. <laughs> it's gonna have to have some really strong mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to have a lot of people who I trust telling me to watch it so if one of you guys say it's good then maybe I'll I'll hit it but on its own no I'm not interested I'll check out the show for you guys and we'll see or not if it's worth you know watching and that's it for fantastic news and we will be right back after a short quick break Alrighty, guys, thank you once again for sticking with us, uh, for coming back from break with us. I did want to remind everybody to like the podcast, rate it, follow, give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at The Fantastic Grotto. Uh, Send in voicemails. You can always send them in. I have some with us today that we're going to talk about. 
So if you have any, like I said, questions, comments, concerns, send them to the voicemail. And we're going to get into our main topic today, which is the spoiler review for the live action Little Mermaid remake. Everyone on the phone has seen it. So my question, you guys, if you listen to our non-spoiler review, you know that Rudy and I liked it. We didn't love it. What about you, Craig? Same. I I hear a lot of people saying it's the best live action remake. I don't agree with that statement. But it's up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not the best. Which one's your best? So people hate that I say this, but it's the Jungle Book. Same. Oh, that's a good one. That's yep, a good people, option. Yeah, people don't believe that's a real option. I'm like, it's 100% a real option. <laughs> it's absolutely the reason why we get the rest of the remakes we got now because that one mm-hmm. did so well in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people just, you know. But that is a good option. I, For me, it's between that and Cinderella. Because that first Cinderella, to me, well, that live-action Cinderella was great and the visuals of it were beautiful. What about you, Rudy? What was your, if you had to pick one, is it Jungle Book? Yeah, it's Jungle Book. Yeah, it's Jungle Book. I thought it was done so well. And I'm so sad that it doesn't get the love or recognition that it deserves. Because again, like you said, it did well. And it is a good, charming movie. So it makes me sad that it's always left out of the conversation. Again, it's good. It did really well. And maybe just because the Jungle Book maybe isn't so popular nowadays, maybe, maybe that's why. I don't know. But I just think that that's a gem right there compared to some of the other ones. Because Not everything that's been released has been good. Not going to lie. True. Very true. All right. Let's get into our Little Mermaid. Uh, I'm pretty sure the three of us can talk about the Jungle Book for a while. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your favorite scene or a scene that you absolutely hate? You can honestly give me either one. Can I go first? I definitely have one for the one I hated the most. (laughs) Good. <laughs> the scuttlebutt scene. I, <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda, I niño hombre. <laughs> Once Lin Manuel Miranda starts Lin Manuel Mirandering, he's he's gonna go for it. So as soon as they started rapping, I was like, oh, what is this? I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the one I hate. Yeah, and so listen, he wrote the new lyrics for the songs, and I do like the other two songs. It's just this one. I was like, of all the, the the new things you could have brought, it was really this one, Lynn. Really? Come on. Like, I believe in you. So, again, I think I just, I wasn't even watching the movie. I was just straight up staring at the screen because I just could not believe what I was seeing and hearing because I, I don't, I, oh my gosh, you already know how I feel. We, we're feeling the same thing. So, th- that, those are my thoughts. That's my worst scene. Uh, <laughs> Craig? I'm still recovering. <laughs> So um, to add to that, um, I saw this movie in 40X, and when the Scuttlebutt song comes on, um, the chairs start to um, move with the rapping. Mm-hmm. So oh. when they're going like super fast, you're bouncing up and down. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was a good, that was the only reason why it made, that was my second time watching it in 40X. It made me like the song a little bit better. But overall, I don't like the song. Um, but I know, but the only reason why we also have this song is because Aquafina needs the song to sing. Mm-hmm, Everyone mm-hmm. else sings the song, and Aquafina doesn't sing, she raps. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, we were stuck with this this choice. Um, but my favorite uh, part of scene is anything with Vanessa in it. 
Um, mm. Vanessa did mm. some, she stole every scene that she was in. I was very happy about that. But then second place is um, when Eric learns Ariel's name. I was very amazed Aww. by that, that that whole thought, whoever thought of that mm-hmm. was like, I was like, oh, you, you were smart. I would never mm-hmm. have thought of that. Yeah, those are my, those are my options. That was very smart writing. So if we're in the stars, I love that line. If we're talking about Vanessa, well, I already told you guys what my favorite, what my scene I hate the most is, which is Scuttlebutt, which seems to be across the board. We all hate that one. Um, Before we move on to the one that I like, I do have a question about Vanessa. If you like Vanessa so much, how did you feel about them cutting the part where she sings? And also the fact that when she wears the necklace that has Ariel's voice, she can also still speak in Ursula's voice. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, so I get it. We can't get everything word for word from the original. Mm-hmm. So like the part where she's like, "In the ocean will be mine." I mm-hmm. wish she did sing that. Um, but whatever, I- I'll be fine with it. The visuals was fine. I got her looking in the mirror and seeing Ursula. That's what mm-hmm. I wanted ideally overall in that scene. Um, with the necklace. I think I noticed that. Mm-hmm. It kind of, to me, makes no sense. If the magic is, the voices is around her neck, she should never, when she has that around her neck, be able to speak in any other voice than Ariel's voice or a version of Ariel's voice. But then in the live, in the original, when she's singing in the ocean, well, no, mm, never mind. It annoyed me. I've seen the movie twice so far, one time in 3D and the second time in 4DX. It annoyed me the first time, and then I tried to let it go, and then I saw it the second time with my little cousin, and he was like, why is she using her regular voice with the necklace on? I said, oh, so not just me. <laughs> I just, she's probably just a really talented witch that can go in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice of you. Let's <laughs> let's talk about my favorite scene. <laughs> my favorite scene is when they go out on the town for the day. Mm-hmm. It had always been one of my favorites in the original, and I wish that we got to see more of the town. And I enjoy the way they did it in the movie, how she was going through a market and seeing things through the marketplace. And that was Jodie Benson's, you know. Yes! <laughs> That was when you get to see her. So it, that scene got me twice. It got me because I was like, oh, I always wanted to see this town. Uh, and Jody's here. I love Jody. <laughs> she passed the torch. That was symbolic to me. She passed the torch and she got her dingle hopper in this film. It was so nice. And I jumped because <laughs> obviously we're diehard fans. So we know who she is. And I was telling my parents, oh, my God, she voiced, you know, she voiced Ariel back in the day. She was your original. And they're like, oh, OK, that's nice. And me being the movie nerd, like I was shrinking out. They were like, OK, cool. Calm down. But <laughs> but yeah, it was so nice. I'm glad she was here. I am not surprised they did not make her a mermaid. It wouldn't make sense to make her a mermaid all over again. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that, you know, they didn't make her like a maid or anything like that. So I'm glad that she was one of the townsfolk just, you know, hanging around. So that was nice. So we love you, Jody. Oh, and and to speak to that scene of her, that's also a part where I have something about the movie that I don't like that I wanted to ask you guys about. While oh. um, Scuttle and Sebastian were supposed to be our comic relief. In general, I didn't find them to be funny enough. I needed a little, I didn't find the movie overall to be funny enough. I wished it was a little bit funnier. I wish they were funnier and I wish they got, Ursula got to be a little bit sassier. She didn't get to be as sassy as I wanted. 
But in that scene where Ariel is in the carriage, we didn't shoot back to to Sebastian going back and forth in the carriage. And I think it would have been a fun moment, kind of like in Toy Story, where Woody's in the back and he just gets slammed around back and forth. I think that would have been a fun way to go back and forth between her driving and Sebastian kind of getting beat up in the carriage to give us a funny moment. What do you guys think? Okay. Uh, I feel like they, they, they tried that, like when she like stopped, he like slammed against the back of the carriage. Um, but there was a lot of wide shots for that scene. So, like you saw them like going through the, the terrain. Like I I watched it three times. I'm gonna say this couple of times throughout the podcast. And um you could see a little red little speck of Sebastian just like holding on. So I mm-hmm. found that funny because if you knew what to look for, you could see Sebastian like trying to hold on to the carriage while while they were going. And that was a nice detail that they didn't have to do. They could have just forgot to put him in in post. Um but yeah, I feel like for comic relief, I feel like Aquafina has did a good enough job for me that I laughed with a lot of struggles lines. Um, I, n- I never really found Sebastian funny. So I don't think he was. But yeah. He's supposed to be, if, if you watch it, he's supposed to be the straight, you know, there's a straight guy and there's a funny mm-hmm. guy always, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. stupid, you know, uh, hijinks happen to the straight guy and then the, the funny guy just thinks they're totally fine and so I wish they had played that that dynamic more. up that yeah like Jerry Lewis Dean Martin dynamic up a little bit more in the film for us to laugh a bit more if that's because I could clearly see that's where they were going it just felt like they didn't commit to it it's like every now and then they're going to be funny and then they're not going to be there and they're not going to be funny I feel like there's a lot of deleted scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a deleted song. Yeah, um, we could talk about that song. Go ahead, bring it up. Uh, there's King Triton sings a song. Pretty much every character has a song at, at some point in this movie. Um, King Triton has a song. I think it was really supposed to be like right after they find out Ariel's like really missing the daughters that are going out to look for her. For her. Mm-hmm. He sings a song about, I can't remember the name of it anymore, but it's pretty much like how he feels bad for being mean to his daughter and all this kind of stuff. And I heard the clip Javier Bardem. He did great. He sounded great. But I guess the movie was just too long and they cut it. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's other things here and there that were probably too long. I'm pretty sure Aquafina and Savi Diggs did a lot of improv and they were like, uh, well, we got we don't have time. So they cut it. So I'm pretty sure same thing with um, Melissa. I feel like she also did a lot of, I, I have a feeling she did a lot of improv and they're like, all right, we don't have time to edit this and like make it in the post. So we're going to just cut it. So hopefully when the Blu-ray comes out or when whenever it gets on Disney Plus, they release all that fun stuff and we can see it all. What about, if we're talking about songs that were missing, what about Le Poisson? Yeah, let's talk about that really quick. Um, <laughs> so, Tasha, I told you this on a phone call recently. Um, <laughs> so, apparently, Lin-Manuel Miranda was supposed to play Chef Louie, and I was shocked because I was just going on Google looking up the cast name names, and when I saw that he was cast, I was like, wait, he was supposed to be playing Chef Louie in the movie? What? And I wonder what his version of Le Poisson would have sounded like. It has a rap. Ha- oh, oh, I'm okay, kidding. I don't know. Oh, okay. 
I was like, not again. <laughs> I wonder what that would have looked like in the live action. I think Lynn could have pulled it off just being like, come here, you crap. I'm going to get you. So I think he could have pulled that off. But again, I strange enough didn't miss him. Uh, maybe it's just because there was just so many other things going on. And he's this is technically a smaller character, but it is a pretty big scene either way. So again, I didn't miss it, but back to what Craig was saying, I hope we do get that deleted scene with or without the song at least, but still, I just hope we get to see him going after Sebastian. That's something I really do want to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, you know what? Um, now that I'm just remembering this, um, this movie was directed by Rob Marshall and the music was by Lynn. Um, there was another movie that was by Rob Marshall and the music was by Lynn and that movie did terrible and Lynn actually acted in it. Do you guys remember what that was? Mary Poppins. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I feel like after Mary Poppins happened, uh, Rob and Lynn was like, you know what? Lynn, you don't have to be on camera anymore. We'll just, we'll use your, 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 your lyrics. Um, we'll just forget all about you being a part of the Little Mermaid movie as an actor and um, we'll move forward. So I feel like that's probably what happened. And I'm not upset about it. I think they filmed it. It was trash and they threw it out. <laughs> I do. I oh, filmed it. I, I even think Lynn was like, oh, I'm bad. Throw that out. You know, as an artist, you're very, you, you have to be somewhat delusional, but also somewhat self aware. <laughs> you guys can totally cut that. It's not good. <laughs> That's what I think. Okay. So I have more questions for you guys. Uh, a lot of what made me like this movie and endeared me to it and made me cry were the shot for shot recreations. Being that I could see my beautiful Black Mermaid do something that I watched Ariel do when I was a child, it got me in the feels. So what could be your favorite shot-for-shot recreation? So I'm going to give you one so that I'm going to give you two. When she's singing Part of Your World and she comes up to the circle, she kind of like reaches her hand up. Well, they have something very similar where Hallie kind of just swims up and you see this circle and you're looking down on her. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was Ursula when she kind of like slides out of that thing and she's upside down. You see just the top half of her body when she slides out of whatever little cow, cow like cove she's in. Mm-hmm. To see Melissa do that, I was like, wow, a person is doing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to think about the movie, what is a shot that was in the original that they did the shop shot recreation that you really liked? For me, it was the hair flip. It was just so beautifully done. Yeah, she said she did it 20 times. Yeah, poor girl. She said her neck was hurting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know how heavy braids get when you get them wet. It's kind of similar to how heavy locks get when you get them wet. So I can imagine that she was going through it. (laughs) What about you, Craig? Uh, Mine was when King Triton destroyed her, her grotto. Mm. Um, it was very beautiful to see it actually like done in live action where like you know when something explodes underwater it's not just like an explosion it's the actual air bubble that then like explodes Um, so seeing that actually done like scientifically accurately I was like oh my gosh (laughs) like this is amazing (laughs) Um, so yeah that that was was something that's a good one now we're going to move on. I have a question about who's your favorite performance, he's your least favorite performance, and why. Performance as character or song? Character. Character. 
Um, well, mine, mine, as I said earlier, it's Vanessa. Um, mm-hmm. She sold, mm. she sold everything. Um, when they, even at the, as you go back to shot for shot, when Ariel comes down to like find out if who Eric is going to be um, engaged to, and then they're just standing side by side, and the mom's talking to them. That was beautifully done, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything I wanted. She's in the purple dress. Um, her eye, her just her gazes into like the scenes are just perfectly done. Um, who, who, I, I don't know how they found that girl, but she she was the perfect cast. Least favorite? Um, this is controversial. Um, <laughs> so everyone online, do not get mad at me, but they didn't have any real good screen time. Uh, the daughters are frightening. I don't like mm. <laughs> They were pointless to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Were they pointless to you in the original movie, or was it that it was pointless this time because they gave them that tad bit of extra screen time, so you expected more? Um, I expected more out of them. I at least a song would have been nice or something. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like another song only, they cut. Yeah, yeah. I felt like we only got all six of them one time, or well, twice, and then like. Later on in the movie, there were only like three of them. So I'm like, where's the rest of the sisters? If mm. if your if your little sister's missing, all six of y'all should be there. So yeah, I don't know. It wasn't enough for me. Okay. You know what? Let's talk about the sisters really quick. And this is something that's still bugging me about the film. Besides the fact that they didn't really have anything to do, it was nice seeing them at the coral reefs talking about how the shipwreck caused damage. So that that was nice, but it still wasn't enough. Uh, what bugs me mainly is that that Ursula King Triton sibling storyline completely wasted in my opinion because it's like alright cool let's see what the beef is all about she tried to overthrow him what else oh they're siblings okay cool nothing they just didn't do anything with that so here's my take right hear me out what if we had a really good scene with the sisters where Ariel being curious says hey who's Ursula well like I've heard of her like who is she and they're like don't say anything in front of dad okay we'll tell you but just don't say anything and they start telling the story how like before Ariel was born that it was like coronation day for their father or something like that he was being crowned king right and then out of nowhere there's this attack on the palace and all these mer people start going crazy all right this is just my idea and then he notices that their eyes are glowing yellow and he's like I only know one other that can that has this kind of power he confronts her. Maybe it's this like showdown. She barely makes it out of life. And maybe he says, you know what? Not only am I going to strip you of your title, but I'm also going to turn you into a, a half octopus. <laughs> so I don't know. And maybe the reason why she looks the way she does as Vanessa is because that's what she used to look like as a mermaid. So that's just my pitch for a scene with the sisters and the sibling storyline. And by the way, I love Vanessa. She had like five minutes, but she sold those five minutes for me. I loved it. Is she your favorite? No, she's not my favorite. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, it's, um, I would say Ariel and Eric. Again, I just love the relationship here in this one. Like, I think that's why the movie is so long for some people because you get more of them together. Like, I love them on their date. I love them, you know, looking at his collection. So I just love them together. So I'm biased. I'm completely biased. But I love that he actually had more to do because when you look back, Eric doesn't really have much to do when you look back. But here, I'm glad that he was somebody that wanted to explore and was curious about the world, just like Ariel. Okay, and who's your is your least favorite? Also, the sisters, like 
No. So here's the thing. It's actually King Triton. Because when I left the theater, for me, originally, it was Scuttle. Just because a lot of the jokes just did not land for me. I did like the, oh, you're going to kill him line. <laughs> like, I don't know why. That, that was funny when she was supposed to kiss him. But I think also, initially, that Scuttlebutt song really downplayed Scuttle for me the first time I saw it. But as time went on, I thought, no, it's King Triton. Why? Just because I felt his performance fell flat. I'm not going to lie. I just could not click with it. It just felt very one note to me. So he's actually my least favorite. I think you and I have the same. I believe Ariel is my favorite. I think she really embodied the feeling that I got as a child watching Ariel. Just this very light, innocent, but still kind of strong-willed girl. And then King Triton was very one note. I, mm-hmm. When he was like, I'm so mad at humans. Are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they killed your mother. Did they? <laughs> oh, I'm going to ruin the grotto. Are you? I, I'm not really scared of you. Tasha, you know what? You know who would have killed this role? Hmm. Brian Cranston. Oh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Javier Bardem, though. What about you, Craig? Do you feel like he was one note? Uh, I can see that. Um, I feel like if he did get his song, that would add more <laughs> uh, dimension to his character. Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who has seen the Broadway version, I know his songs make his character a lot more understandable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wish they had implemented some of that into this story. But yet again, I feel like time was an issue. Um, uh, another thing, when Ariel was like, oh, d- Dad told me to Ursula that you caused mischief between mermaids and humans, I'm like, so was Ursula the reason why Ariel's mom died? Like, mm-hmm. that, like, I, like when that line was, I'm like, well, why is she mad at the humans? She, he should be mad at his sister and not the humans. Like, it's not their fault. It's Ursula's fault. So there, uh, there's a lot of things that I didn't, I guess story-wise, they don't add up with King Triton, but. His story fell flat. He yeah. needed more. I understand you saying he needed a song, but I just felt he should have played the scenes a little bit differently. And if we're bringing anything from the Broadway show, I want Ursula's song, The Good Times. That, mm-hmm. That's the song that I want. <laughs> that's the best song in the entire show for me. So we went through a few things. We did favorite performance, favorite new song, uh, favorite shop shop recreation. So I know that, like you said, we have notes. So I know you spoke to that, what you wanted to do with King Triton, but I wanted to know about the changes that were made in the film. One, the one that you liked the most and the one that you liked the least. So, for example, for me, the one of the changes made in the film was the exploration of Ariel and Eric t- falling in love. That was my favorite thing. I loved seeing them actually fall in love, them having things in common. Uh, my least favorite change was us not having a wedding scene at all. I felt like we needed one. I feel gypped for the fashion. And I also feel gypped that we didn't get the scene of her walking out of the water in that silver dress. Yes, to the silver dress for sure. Did you want both wedding scenes or just Ariel's wedding? Just Ariel's. Okay. I feel the same with the whole shimmery dress moment, I guess. The, The only reason why we didn't get that because Eric wasn't at the beach. 
when mm-hmm. she was there so there wouldn't be like her running up to him in the dress she would just be like running up the sand and that wasn't like I guess it wasn't climatic enough for them uh, or probably it was a, a budget thing where they're like oh he did so much already we can't afford to turn her into a human it's Disney though <laughs> <laughs> they got the money <laughs> and if you just think about it on the merchandising side giving us more out right she only has two outfits that it didn't give but yeah back to mm-hmm. what what was your least favorite change and what like what was your favorite change that's kind of what the question was i know you said what was your least favorite was it the dress or were you just kind of piggybacking i'm just piggybacking off of that um okay. my least favorite change uh would be a line that that was missed mm-hmm. um I like the line, my poopsies, when Ursula mm-hmm. shoots her, her babies. Yeah. Um, I feel like Melissa could have really done that line really, really well. And I don't know why they cut it. Um, um, things that I liked a lot, um, as I said earlier, um, the, the explanation of Ariel, like how to find Ariel's name, um, mm-hmm. that was done beautifully. Because it would make no sense. It would make no sense that Eric would have heard Sebastian talk to him. Yeah. So it made sense that she um, coached him through that. Yeah. And that was cute that she like touched his lips. And I was like, ooh, that's very suggestive. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's yours, Rudy? Your favorite and your least favorite? Oh, man. Least favorite? I'm trying to think. Um, uh, well, least favorite scene, it's got to be the Scuttlebutt song. But in all fairness, I do know some people that do genuinely like that scene and that song. So mm-hmm. to each their own. Uh, what I love that was new, I, again, I just loved just seeing them together and falling in love. Yeah. Yeah, it was just really nice. The chemistry was great. They were so cute together. And I think they brought the characters to life. No complaints with them. Everyone else I'm like maybe nitpicking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite song I don't even think I said favorite song It's I'm biased with part of your world so I'm not going to include that one but I would say it's between the part of your world reprise the first one and Poor Unfortunate Souls I was just really surprised by her singing because Tasha remember we said how we were so worried about how the singing was going to be but yeah it's between those two songs for my fave speaking of scenes that were changed because I just thought of something t- I liked one specific scene that unfortunately was spoiled for me almost a month ago on instagram i was scrolling through my feed and this one disney account that i follow without any spoiler warning shared a picture of a kid's storybook of ariel not driving what's the word i want to use steering yeah steering the ship into ursula and i remember thinking to myself no why would you spoil that because i would have loved that going in fresh-minded and I do like that change specifically because it's like, you know what, Ariel, you got yourself into this. You can get yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I saw it coming, unfortunately. I think that it would have been better had I not known about it. Yeah, it was and... great. I didn't know about it. It hit me nice. What about you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, same. When, I, when it was happening, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, in my mind, I always think that the main character always uh, – Saves the day at the end. So after it happened, I'm like, oh wait, she didn't do that in the in the actual animated movie. I actually like this a lot better that she, um, she made the deal with the sea witch, and she's the one who made sure the sea witch, um, didn't prevail at the end. So um, that was really nice instead of having some man do it for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was and, nice. 
and she was literally fighting for her voice, literally. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Craig, since we're moving on to songs, what's your favorite new song? Because technically all the songs are new, so yes, what's your favorite song? Uh, Uncharted Waters. Um, I really like that in this new iteration of, of live action um, remakes, the characters that don't really get songs are getting songs. Um, so, like, originally with Beauty and the Beast, uh, the Beast gets a song, he did Nevermore, done really well. In Aladdin, Princess Jasmine gets Speechless. Hate and that I song. Love, I love Speechless. God, I, hate that song. I love so, Speechless though. Um, it's, it's a good. Those are good. I want songs and uh, Uncharted Water was a good. I want song for Eric. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, um, I like that they gave him more to do. I actually don't have a favorite song. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh. It may be me loving the original so much. I mean, Hallie sounds great and part of your world. Uh, but I still, as much as I enjoy playing it, I still rather play the original. Aww. And we all hate well, we all hate scuttlebutt. <laughs> <laughs> Collective hatred. But I don't have a favorite new song at all, uh, and I think it's kind of interesting. I, I do think she sings really well. I do think they sound great. I also didn't need her to sing at all in Under the Sea when she started singing. I was like, why is she singing? She gonna be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> they're supposed to be convincing you to stay here why are you singing you're supposed to be talking about I'm ready to leave <laughs> maybe that's why maybe I would have enjoyed it if, if she came in and she was saying her, her counter arguments as to why she wants to go up there um, this is not to say that I don't like it it's just does, it didn't imp- I didn't need it to change in that way but it was it was fine I guess is what I'm saying it was fine alright so now the biggest concern for Rudy and I like we were saying earlier was Ursula Mm-hmm. And I, I think we t- everyone knew Hallie was going to do well. I don't think anyone doubted it. Ursula was most of us hardcore fans' concern. Tell me more about what you felt about Ursula's performance. You cannot spell Ursula the Sea Witch without Divine the Drag Queen as a first name, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, Melissa can't act. She's done drama before. So I was like, okay, I think she can pull off the role. It's just the singing I'm worried about. I'll be honest. Now it's the other way around. I didn't click with the character until Poor Unfortunate Souls because mm-hmm. I wasn't getting Ursula the Sea Witch. It was giving more Rosie O'Donnell. I'm not going to lie. I'm, just <laughs> not, I'm being honest because I was like, what's with this? Like, hey, darling, like what you, you want? You want to deal? Let's get to it. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. But I do know that a lot of people really love Melissa's entire performance so here's the thing i don't think it's bad it's just like it wasn't call me biased maybe it's because i've seen this movie so many times so i'm just used to ursula being a specific way maybe that's what it is but i i do like how she looked visually especially the tentacles i thought that was so cool how they were glowing i do like her design tasha remember how i told you if i hated like the entire character i was gonna like get rid of the funko pop (laughs) yeah i'm keeping it yeah okay yeah no i'm keeping it yeah she gets to stay (laughs) but um, I like how in the film you get to see that she's kind of like bejeweled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was nice. Um, I, I listen. It's just Pat Carroll nailed that role. She really did. I, it's just in my opinion, she's undefeated. Mm-hmm. It's that voice again. So it's not a bad performance. It's just mm, again, love for unfortunate souls. It's just the actual acting that made me go. Mm, I, I I just couldn't connect with it. That's just me, though. Greg, <laughs> I liked it. Um, 
the singing, I, I think I told Tasha this already, like when the Super Bowl came out and then they had that bookings.com commercial with Melissa singing, mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to try to get people used to her voice. So they're mm-hmm. going to play it often. And I saw that commercial too many times since, <laughs> since before the movie had come out. So I'm like, they're trying to get us to get used to the voice. And I unfortunately did get used to her voice. So um, I didn't. It worked. I did, I did not mind her. I did not mind her her singing. Um, her acting was good. Her jokes were fun. Her like her clips were funny to me. Um, like when Arrow was like, "Oh, my dad called you a sea witch," and she's like, "What? Oh, the what?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that that's funny." Um, and then, but the one thing I kind of was like iffy about was when she was about to turn into Vanessa and she was going through her cabinet for looking for the spell, and she um was like no one put things back where they belong. I'm like, you're the only person there, Ursula. You're mm-hmm. like, you... That line was dumb, but mm-hmm. I get it. It was a funny thing to see her tear up her, her place. But yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't hate it. Were you blown away? I was pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I was not blown away. I wanted to be blown away because I had such reservations and I liked Melissa McCartney so much in general. I was like, I'm so concerned. I don't think she's going to do a good job. I really want to be blown away. And I went in there and she did better than I thought she was going to do, but she wasn't great. It felt like Pat Carroll caricature to me. Like you said, Rudy, there's nothing, there's no other way to play this role than the way Pat played it. Mm-hmm. Melissa didn't, she wasn't bad, but I also felt like she was just like being Pat. Or her voice was going between this weird British thing and then also this like 1930s, hey, do you want to make a deal? I didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was like, mm, something about this is not as, mm, not as cohesively done as the way Pat did it, but how do you top Pat Carroll? So I think Melissa did the best she could do in the situation that she was in. Do I feel like she did my favorite villain justice? No, I don't. Do you do see this movie in 40X that has the best like effects in the whole movie? Um, because like when she's um lowering Earth, uh, when she's luring um Ariel in, the chairs are like rocking side to side, just like, yeah, like, the potions Ooh. going mm-hmm. around. And yeah, and when they're when she's like when she pulls Ariel closer in, you feel like your chair yank you into like it was the it was they did really really good with that. So that also did, honestly, the 40X experience made the movie better, a lot better. Same. Like, I liked Scuttlebutt better during that one. I liked so many more things. So I was just um, I very, people, were you very cold during your 40 I just feel like the wind oh just my kept gosh. blowing. Was I was so freezing. <laughs> and then also, like, you got wet, so then, like, the wind and then the wet. So, yeah, definitely, I, I, I tell people, bring a jacket all the time <laughs> if you do 40X. Um, but, yeah. I was so cold. And I was like, I understand that we're on the water. But my lord, today, it is cold. <laughs> so just so y'all know, um, Juicy Summer being jam-packed with lovely movies. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is coming out this following week. And it will be taking all the premium screens. So if you plan on seeing The Little Mermaid in the biggest screen possible, you must see it by Wednesday. Yeah, so I'm probably going to the movies before Wednesday. <laughs> I'm going tomorrow again for 3D. I'm probably going before Wednesdays. I need to see it. I desperately need to see it in IMAX. Um, 
I don't I, I hate that the I love that the summer is so packed you know we did a summer movies episode but this summer is kind of wow back back to back <laughs> to back I don't want to complain but speaking of big summer movies we, they do them to make money that's what they do it for and they're giving the projections that the Little Mermaid there's a lot of different numbers 96 108 I see here 118 I see someplace else and they're saying that it, that is not good numbers correct yeah apparently it had a horrible um grossing in china yeah oh that's not good but we don't well black Panther didn't do great in china so mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's whatever mm-hmm. they I also guess. made finn really small <laughs> for the for the asian posters as well Actually, they cut him out completely, did they not? He's the really smaller he's cut out because racism. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, unfortunately. <laughs> because yes. racism. It's kind of, yeah. it's right there. We get it. We understand it. So I know this is the fifth highest um, release for Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hitting a record. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the issue is. It, there's just too many movies going on right now, and mm-hmm. yeah, people like if we go back to Super Mario Brothers that came out. Super Mario Brothers had two months in the theater with no competition. Yeah, and they were on oh, yeah. screen for like three weeks, so mm-hmm. people could see it and spend money. Little Mermaid's not going to have that option, and mm-hmm. it, that it's not it's not going to be able to recuperate the money on par to what. Um, Super Mario did. And then people are going to look at the numbers and be like, oh, well, why did it make the money? I'm like, well, because we had, it was in the summer, we had all these movies coming out back to back. So it wasn't, it's mm-hmm. not set up for success, unfortunately. Well, I think that these box office numbers are interesting. We have to wait a little bit to see where they end up. But it's interesting. And, and then, interesting the way that they're covering it and saying it's a disappointment. Somebody else mm. said that um, why the Little Mermaid is the worst live action. Um, why the Little Mermaid? Uh, <laughs> somebody said something about why the, uh, Disney should stop making um, uh, live actions, and the Little Mermaid proves it. I don't think you could give this movie a bad. You know, say it was bad. You could say maybe it didn't um, perform the way you wanted to, but I don't think it's bad. It says. It's the worst opening in China for the year, though. But again, they don't really like black people in movies as much mm. over there as, as they should. On a positive note, as of yesterday morning, it's the number one movie in the world. And that's a huge accomplishment, I think. You can, you know, knock this movie for maybe some of these special effects. Maybe you can knock it for some of the performances. But you can't knock it for the main character. You cannot. And uh, Tasha, I told you this for the non-spoiler review. Ariel and the Little Mermaid in general have always had a huge fan base. So we showed up. We made it number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of this film for what it is. And, you know, we all showed up. And honestly, I think Hallie really has won over the fans now more than ever. I think, you know, everyone fell in love with her. And she's a superstar. She really is a star born now. So I'm hoping this film continues to do well. We'll see how it goes with this jam-packed summer. I don't know. I just loved it. I just loved it so much. She brought Ariel to life for me, so I'm really happy. 
I'm hoping it finds its legs on Disney Plus in the same way Encanto did. Because I saw Encanto in the movie theater and nobody was talking about it. And then when it hit Disney Plus, it blew up. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to wait for it to hit Disney Plus because I'd like it to make the money that it needs to make. But also, if it does, I can still see it at least getting legs and becoming legendary in the way Encanto is. Because we're going to see Encanto the same way we see Frozen. It's a thing. It's now. It's forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's forever. So I'm I'm hoping that um, Ariel, the Little Mermaid, does the same on Disney Plus. Find some more legs underneath it. I don't think it did bad, but it could have done better in general for how much money it made. With this movie coming out in the summer, it'll probably get released on the digital in Disney Plus around Christmas. So then yeah. kids will have that to watch on Christmas. Because I, I'm. Uh, what, what what movie comes out this Christmas? Is there Wish. a movie this? Is there? Wish. Oh yeah, I'm not. Dune. Look, <laughs> Dune. That's what I'm worried about. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see Dune too. Uh, I think Wish. Yeah, Wish might be the winter, the winter Disney movie. I think that's it. And then Disney's not doing the color purple, right? That's Warner Brothers. Yeah, I believe it's Warner Brothers. Okay, so yeah, so yeah. Let me look it up. Wish film. Let's see. Yeah, November. That's going to be their holiday. That's, that's their holiday season. in the one that's going to be in the theaters. And so Encanto was the same thing. Right. It was November 22nd was Encanto's release date. And in, it didn't. nobody went to the theater to see that either. And we're not getting a Star Wars movie this year. No. Correct. No. Star yeah. Wars is usually Christmas. Mm-hmm. No Star, Star Wars, Wars movies. Avatar. Okay. So yeah, most likely Disney's like this holiday season, tune into Disney Plus and watch The Little Mermaid, and then it will resurge again. I think I'll gladly put that on the TV while I open up Christmas gifts. Speaking of gifts, this is a perfect segue to our new segment where we react to the voicemails that are sent in from you guys, our audience. Now, I know you heard me say earlier that we really appreciate when you rate, when you follow at the Fantastic Grotto on Instagram, TikTok, but we also will post various times on our socials the link for you to leave us a voicemail. And then we'll, of course, react to it because you guys are the reason why we get to do this. It's like six of y'all listening and we appreciate all six of y'all. Let's start listening to one of our voicemails from Angelique. Let's talk about Ariel's hair for a moment because under the sea, it was not doing what I needed it to do. I was like, Ariel is darn near a strawberry blonde. Like, where are the locks? Where is the color? This is not what I wanted. But then when she finally got her legs, I was like, okay, okay, I see the hair. I see the locks. I think it's cute. So, yeah, I don't know what that ocean was doing to her, what that seawater was doing to her, but it wasn't working. But as soon as she got them legs, that hair was everything we needed and more. You guys heard that passion in Angelique's voice about Ariel's hair. What do you guys think? I, I, I do agree. I did notice this. Uh, I watched the YouTuber um, also critique this, that her hair was inconsistent uh, throughout the movie. Um, when she was underwater, she had flowy hair with some locks and braids. But when she was a human, it was all rock. And I don't know if it is just because 
the water. I don't know how hair, I don't have hair, if you don't know me. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if the salt water uh, loosens up the hair follicles. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I, I did find that interesting because she literally hopped in the water. Her hair was flowing. She hopped out of the water. She had she had locks. All her, all her hair were locks. So I, I thought that, that was interesting. Um, color wise it was very strong it was very um strawberry mm-hmm. and i get it like she's like it could be like sun bleached or whatever but yet again i don't have hair so i don't know these things i i thought it was sun bleached because as the movie progressively kept going her hair got lighter and my assumption was maybe it's just like well it was lighter in some and darker in others i think that had to do with her being in the sun while she was filming and it just changing colors which I don't know if people know that that happens to hair, but it does. My hair will start out one color at the beginning of the summer. If I'm outside too much, it's a completely different color by the end of the summer. So I, that's what I kind of attributed it to, but it was distracting. It did take me out. What about the whole blowy hair in the water lock on dry land? I just assumed that it was under the water and it just was different under the water because of the magic. I, I chucked that up to magic. <laughs> it was very <laughs> Harry Potter of me. I was like, oh, magic. <laughs> it didn't distract you, Rudy? I know we're talking about Ariel, but remember how he said for trying, it was just distracting for him in particular with Ariel. And I'm not an expert on hair, just mind you. But I think that because I know Melissa said in an interview how they had to like CGI everyone's hair. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, maybe just because she was just moving around a lot more compared to everyone else, because Triton was still, well, he was a stiff either way, but still, like, he was still, for a lot of the movie, Ursula had short hair, but with her, you know, Ariel and the locks and everything like that, so Ariel's completely changes. Yeah, so I think with... I think it's, like, a a valid criticism, to be honest. Again, I'm not a hair expert, so I don't know. I just think it's interesting how it's, like, different when it's underwater but then again it might be the magic maybe this is just something they really wanted like flowy hair going on maybe I don't know but I'm going to stick to magic on this one let's just call it mermaid hair I felt like magic's a good answer magic (laughs) (laughs) now Ariel was cute but homegirl was lying to us because she was like what's a fire and why does it burn but then Mamas was like, they had fire in the sky. And then Ursula had fire. And then Ariel saw fire when she got her legs and tried to touch it. So mamas, you know what fire is. Why are you lying to us? You know I'm just nitpicking because I don't like that girl. (laughs) But Holly was good. So Angelique is mad about the fire, guys. The the fire. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) I I can agree with that statement. Because literally, she went because this, this is the first time she's actually been above the water mm-hmm. like in the original movie she's been above the water many times to talk to Shuttle um, but this is the first time she's ever like breached land or like the sea so when like the ship was like when the fireworks are going off and it was like landing next to her you would think she'd be like what and not be like just move out the way and then when the actual ship caught on fire she was pretty much chill she like, was very saw, chill about the fire. Yeah. If, I saw, <laughs> if I saw a big boat um, burst in the flames like that, I would probably uh, freak out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
she talked about the fire in the song then she goes up to the surface and she sees the fireworks and the ship crashes on fire then she goes back under the water and she says there's fire in the sky so Angelique's not wrong some of this Mm -mm. maybe speaks to what we were talking about like some of the story things are weird I am okay that she did try to touch the fire in the the kingdom Um, that's what child did not touch the stove top when um when they were supposed <laughs> to so um I, that was fine with me you think that the ship not only being on fire and just like all like, literally have all these men freaking out and jumping off ship like you think that would have been a good signal maybe besides on top of the ship just falling apart in general so it's valid i think so too you know on top of her like having the quote-unquote fire bite her but still do you think she would have freaked out just a little bit more or she's a liar, like Angelique said. Yeah. Thank you, Angelique. I'm going to send her a message be like, hey, thank you. But that was really nice of her. Yeah, I appreciated her doing that. Was there anything that came up on your stories, Craig? Yes. People asked about the Prince's song. What was your thoughts? A lot of people did not like it. Did you like Uncharted Waters? I liked the second half of Uncharted Waters. I didn't enjoy the beginning. I liked it. Uh, mainly, I think part of the reason why I liked it is because you can hear Hallie's vocals throughout the whole song. In Uncharted uh, Waters? Yeah, in Uncharted Waters. And I did like his singing. Uh, my mom, <laughs> my mom, strange enough, she asked me, she leaned over, she's like, is he a singer? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, I can tell. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> and then she said, like, he's not bad, but, you know, I can tell singing isn't his thing. And I was like, oh, okay, mom. <laughs> so... Yeah, my mom, mom calling him to, out. Yeah, my mom is always making uh, comments whenever we watch something, and I'm like, "Mom, please just watch the movie or the show." Like, come on. So, yeah, yeah. My dad was chill. He was wide awake, so that's how you know this movie was good. But yeah, my mom would lean over to me and be like, "Oh, she'll make comments." So, yeah, good or bad, but still. I like. Oh, you know, at the end when they, I think when they get back together, they play his song, and then it rolls into part of your world, and then we see them walking on the beach, and they say, "Oh, thank God, you guys are together." What did you think of that last scene, guys? That last scene where the mermaids come and they're there with the humans and all the humans are entirely calm? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess guess we did just see an octopus lady uh, erupt from a human being and jump over the ledge. So I'm pretty sure that... And then they also saw her, like, be a massive octopus kaiju in the in the ocean so i'm pretty sure that they're cool now you're gonna check that up to magic you're gonna check that up to magic (laughs) could you just imagine like you you, like your your prince jumps into the water and all you see this big uh octopus lady being stabbed by a boat that'd be crazy so like just watching from watching from the shoreline okay we've been recording for a while now what's your rating out of 10 um mine is an 8.1 Okay. For me, because they're just small little, you know, nitpicks with it, I would say 7.5, maybe an 8. You gotta pick one. Uh, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> I'll go with 7.5. Okay. I think I'm somewhere more like 7.9. It's not quite an 8, but I think 7.5 is a little bit harsh for me. I did ball my eyes out both times I watched it. So clearly, oh, Tasha, <laughs> ball my eyes out. I was like, she's amazing because you know there was so much crappy backlash about just her being black, and she was great. Mm-hmm. Like, 
All right, everyone, that was our episode on the live action Little Mermaid in general. Seems like we all liked it, even though we had notes. So we want to thank you for your time. You know how I feel about time. (laughs) If time was money, you could never get it back. So thank you for spending your time today here with us. Thank you so much, Craig. We want to thank you for being on our show. We appreciate it. We love you. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for the invite. I want to remind you again to follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. And I want to uh, have you rate and like and let us know what you feel about every episode. So go ahead and leave your comments, okay? Thanks again. Have a good day. Bye.